Shut up. <coughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, woo, woo, woo. Shut up. Okay. Beyonce, 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 Beyonce. You look like leather. <laughs> Hold on. Click, 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 click. Clickety, clackety, clue, clue, Mm-hmm. Yep. Questions for Rudolph. Wow. Uh, I'm not saving your questions. Are we supposed to save them? No. Yeah, we probably should, but we won't. I love that I made this font like six. Oh my god, I'm gonna change my font to Comic Sans. Okay, do it. Mine is Calibri. <gasps> I love Calibri. Um, so my favorite part about this cut is that. I did not ever find the part of my finger or nail that I chopped off. Mm. So that's somewhere. Um, welcome to our spoopy podcast. Yum. <laughs> I hope you haven't eaten anything that Chris has made lately because it probably has finger in it. Guess who's going to eat it? Savannah. Savannah. Oh, Savannah. Do it, do it, do it. Oh, oh, so good. This is sponsored by not White Claws. Instead, we have Bon and Vive Spike Seltzer with two mermaids on the front of it holding a, di- a trident. A dick. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God, they put the fruit on there. This is a pear. What's yours look like? A grapefruit. 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 Grapefruits. What is this? Cranberries. I love cranberries. They are so lovely. <laughs> Cranberries are my favorite fruit. My favorite fruit. What is that from? It's uh, Trixie Mattel making fun of Klarna. Klarna, yeah. My favorite fruit. I love to shop the Klarna. <laughs> you can buy many things. It's making fun of Swedish people. Yeah, which is fun. I mean, this table is from Ikea. There's only like five Swedish people in the world, honestly. Greta Thunberg. Uh-huh. Um, and Metallica. Right? Are they from Sweden? I don't know. I <laughs> rumor <most>. has it. <laughs> That's it. You as got it. As long as we start rumors, and it's definitely true. <laughs> death, n- death something. Death metal. Death, death. Death metal. Like D E T H. Kennedy. Get him. Um. Bite his ear off. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, welcome to our spooky podcast, We guys. made it. It's we finally fun. made it. We love it. We love. I haven't seen you in like a week. What's going on with you? What's happening in your week. life? What's going One full <sighs> week. One week. Week. Well, week. Not a whole lot, you know? Doing the do. Living, riding the wave. It's, what? You know? <laughs> nope. Drinking Capri Sun. Ca- <laughs> I'm a Capri Sun. <laughs> I'm a Capri Sun. You, remember, you know what I miss? What? Sunny Delight. Um, isn't that Capri Sun? No, that's not. Sunny D. Sunny, do they still have those? Yeah, but they're not the same. Oh my god, I used to make same. a mean sangria with Sunny D. Ooh, I bet you, you know what the main ingredient of Sunny D is? Sugar. <laughs> I fructose cones. Yeah, so. I don't care. So, I would make a uh, sangria out of, like, red, I'd get a, like, one of those 1.5 bottles, like, this cheap-ass Cabernet. Carlos Rossi. Yeah. Uh, not quite that cheap. Um, and I'd... Arbor um, Mist. No, because that was too sugary. Was it with you that I was telling you to buy Arbor Mist? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Arbor Mist is like the white girl introduction to wine. Arbor Mist. That, that's what my mom used to drink whenever I was in high school. Oh, no, it was with Thomas. <laughs> we were looking to buy something from his for his mom. for She came over this weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, 
he said that he likes she likes Moscato, and I was like, oh, she likes Moscato. She likes Arbor Mist. Yeah, basically the same thing. Super sweet. Gallon of Arbor Mist, and probably five dollars. I can't. Oh God. Oh God. Why are you so drooly? There's someone slobber. Come here. Oh God. Oh, it's going in for it. Ah, someone slobber. Anyway, so my secret recipe it's is my baby that came from my nipple. This goes. Um. So, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> do not throw that napkin on me. <laughs> um. So my secret recipe, secret family recipe, is to take like a cheap ass, like one point five liter bottle of like some. Well, I think it's like wood, wood Ridge or Wood Ridge is even cheaper than Barefoot, yeah. but like something like that essentially. Um, Oak Ridge. Yes, Oak Ridge. That's what it is. I don't know. Anyways, uh, so what you do is you take a cup of uh, Sunny D and put that into a pan. Then you take a half a cup, pan? a pan, half a cup of sugar and put that in the pan, and a fourth a cup of uh, uh, lime juice and put that into the pan as well, or a pot. Um, and then you bring that to a boil and stir all the sugar in, and then you take the um, uh, the red wine, put that into a, a, a container and then you put like cut up fruits like oranges and apples and you know kind of whatever you want to then you pour the red wine in there and then you pour that mixture that you just heated up let that cool um you could even put ice in if you want to water it down a little bit and then you put a fourth of a cup of bourbon, sunny delight a bourbon bourbon a bourbon a fourth of a cup of bourbon uh trust me your guests will be leaving Lit. it leaving in an uber or vomiting on your floor because that happened to me or you will get to the bars after you have drank so much that you are already blackout, faceplant, and then your friends have to drive you home, and then you vomit in the car. Oh. I can't say I know anyone who did that, because it's me. I did that. <laughs> Christmas 2016 was such a different time. Halloween 2014. Oh. <laughs> Try again. Uh, yeah, that was when I was living with my uh, roommate my super senior year. and Jalessica? Uh, uh, Jenna. And yeah. I was close. Yeah, you were close. Um, and yeah, she had to help me back. I was wearing a hippie costume and my hippie costume luckily had a giant, um, uh, cardboard box that I hung around my neck that said, make love, not war that she cupped against my body so that my body would catch all the vomit <laughs> instead of getting into this person's car. And then we got to my house and threw me out of the car. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Memories, or not so memories. Oh, my God. And then we got home and found out that Bailey had seizures. And then you can imagine wasted, drunk Chris upset about his dog having a seizure. I've only seen you, like, blackout, shit-faced drunk a couple times. Yeah. And you're just like, but, well, um, what, um, let's just do it. But then you give me a little bit of emotion, and then it's triggered. Like, immediate trigger, like, there's no coming back from that. And so I was like, she's she's in a seizure. It was bad. It was bad. There's videos of me yelling and screaming, and it was aggressive. And then I told her boyfriend to get out of the house because I didn't like him. But I did like him. But at the time, I didn't like him. I don't like you. That that night, I did not like him. I liked her boyfriend at the time. I did not like him that night, though. And so I told him to get out because I didn't trust him. Wow. And I refused to go to sleep until he was out of the house. Did he go? Mm-hmm. He left. Until I fell asleep. And then he came back. He came back. He was gone for two minutes. 
Well, because <laughs> drunk. Because yeah, I don't know. It was it was a wild night. It was a lot, a lot. And all my friends the entire night were like, "Where were you?" Well, actually, some of my friends were like, "Where were you?" The other friends were so blackout drunk while they were out at these bars that they don't remember as well because my party was so lit. We left. They were house. like, "You should have came out with us. We had such a good time." My house. We left my house at ten thirty, and all these bitches were that drunk. So this sangria recipe that I just gave you is very potent. You want to try it? <laughs> we should make it for uh, next week's uh, RSPB podcast. Um, I still have at least three fourths of a good liver. I don't. And mine's uh, on its last legs, including my pancreas. <laughs> I've had a transplant, and one of it's gone. Yeah. It's all gone. <laughs> all gone. We just keep giving me more for some reason. Yeah, sure. Let's try it. That's it. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, wow. We're just coming off of a uh, recording session with our Rupee podcast yes. starring our good friend Rudolph. Rudolph. Who's a great podcaster. I really think that we need to invite him onto our spoopy podcast. I did tonight. But he was like, I have a strict bedtime, and I'm glad that we sent him home, because I was like, oh, well, we'll be done with both podcasts by 1030. No, We're bitch. literally just now starting this podcast, yeah. so. We need to, well, Accelerate one, ourselves a little bit. Your bitch was not uh, punctual with dinner this evening, because I don't fucking know. Anyways. <laughs> um, so let's just jump right into it, then. Okay, let's do it. You're first this week, I am eh? first this week. Okay. Um, so, Spencer, have you ever heard of the Toy Box Killer? I've heard of it, but I have, I actually don't know that much about it. Well, we don't know how many people he killed, so let's get into it. You ready? Ooh, uh, so, the Toy Box Killer, his name is David Parker Ray, was born in Belen, New Mexico in 1939. Little is known about his early life, except that he and his little sister lived with their disciplinarian grandfather with sporadic visits from their violent and alcoholic father. During his visits, his father would supply Ray with magazines depicting sadomasochistic pornography. Love that. Because, you know, any child loves to have those sort of things, right? Uh, He was also bullied in high school for being shy around girls. His fantasies of raping, torturing, and even murdering women developed further in his teenage... Whoa. Teenage years, when his little sister discovered his sadomasochistic drawings and even pornographic photos of bondage acts. <clears throat> Excuse me. He later began working as an auto mechanic and then began working in the U.S. Army, where then he was honorably discharged. I love that back then there were pro- people were probably like, this is just appalling. And people nowadays would be like, yeah, yes. <laughs> I saw that. We see that. It's on Twitter. Eagle or Ripcord. <laughs> just like, mm, okay, <laughs> that's cool. I mean, she can't breathe. But so... Give it up in a couple minutes. Yeah, just as long as, you know, every once in a while. But everybody like, looks like they're having fun. <laughs> At least you guys are enjoying your time. So, yeah. Cheers. Congratulations. <laughs> you made it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he was divorced four times with two children coming of it, one of which was named Glinda Jean Jesse Ray. Oh, my God. That's who I'm named after. Makes sense. Glinda Jean Jesse Ray? Yeah, short for Spencer. I love four... Names. Four female names. <laughs> Four, because Ray is a girl's name. Jesse, Jean, and Glinda are all girls' names. My so name's I mean... actually Stephanie, Priscilla, <clears throat> Ethel, Nancy, Carla. Smith. What's another E name? Uh, Evelyn. Enos. Rebecca. <laughs> Enos is, is a boy's name. Enos is a girl's name, too. And it's Ennis, not Enos. It's Enos. It's Ennis. Ennis. What, what would German name be? Christine. 
Heather, Rebecca, Iris, Samantha. Samantha. Mm-hmm. 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 White. Yep. Love that. <laughs> love love that for you. Love that for me. Uh, yeah. Glenda, Jean, Jesse, Ray. So remember that name. It'll come back. Uh, so now let's get to the murders. <gasps> uh, Wait, is Ray a last name? Yes. Okay. So when I call them Ray, that's that's the the guy. What's his name? David Parker Ray. Um, so it's believed that his murder spree began in the 1950s, and not much is actually known. So I'm actually going to work backwards here, uh, because that's how we found things out. So I'm going to work backwards. Okay. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> um, <gasps> uh, yep. So on March 19th of 1999, 22-year-old Cynthia Vigil was out prostituting in a parking lot in New Mexico when she was approached by David Ray, who claimed to be an undercover cop. He put her in his car and took her to his trailer and took her to Elephant Butte Lake, um, which is just north of a town called Truth and Consequences. Truth or Consequences. That's a famous town. Oh, is it? Yeah. How? Truth or Consequences. I think... um... They have like a a festival every year where you're supposed to like I don't know run through the bushes or something. Uh-huh. I don't remember anything about it. I'll have to look it up. Well, it's between two mountain ranges, so this the, there's a road that runs between two mountain ranges that uh, span from like I forty up by Albuquerque all the way down to I ten, which is down by El Paso uh, and Las Cruces. So it's like a weird like Las road. Cruces. Las Cruces. Um, so they, the, the road spans between those, but the basically just a bunch of small towns between like along that route, that road that we're going to be talking about two of which are elephant butte and truth or consequences, which, what, (laughs) um, anyways, so she was prostituting in a parking lot and she was approaching, you know, and took her, so he, once he took her to his trailer and took her to elephant butte, um, he chained her to a, a gynecologist like table and then proceeded to rape and torture her using his homemade torture devices and sex toys over the course of three days. His girlfriend and accomplice, Cindy Hindi, her name is Cindy Hindi. Anyways. Uh, H-I-N-D-Y or H-E-N-D-Y? H-E-N-D-Y. Hendy. Cindy Hendy. <coughs> is that a little bit better? Cindy no. Hendy. Cindy Hendy. Cindy Hendy. Also helped using whips, medical instruments, electric shock, and then sexual instruments to torture her. What the fuck? Is she just like... I can get out on this. I'm just going to help. We'll, we'll kind of talk about it a little bit. Uh, before every torture, Ray would play a cassette tape with a recording that outlined exactly what he was going to do to her. Uh, on the cassette, Ray explained that he was going to refer to himself only as, or that she was to refer to him only as master, and the woman wa- with him was mistress, and never to speak unless spoken to first. He went on to explain exactly how he would rape and torture her. Vigil later said in a later interview, the way he talked, I didn't feel like this was his first time. It felt like he knew exactly what he was doing. He told me I was never going to see my family again. He told me he would kill me like the others. On the third day, after Ray had left work, Vigil managed to get the keys to her chains that Ray's accomplice, Cindy Hindi, had left on a nearby table while she was in another room on the phone. After Vigil had the keys, Hindi noticed the attempt being made and a fight broke out. Hindi smashed the lamp on Vigil's head, who still managed to unlock her chains during this, and then stabbed Hindi in the neck with an ice pick. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. 
So Vigil ran away naked, wearing only an iron slave collar and padlock chains, running down the road seeking help. At a nearby mobile home, the homeowner took her in, comforted her, and then called the police, who promptly arrested Hindi and Ray. After arresting Ray, the police gained a warrant for his home, and it was here they discovered the soundproof truck trailer that Ray called his quote-unquote toy Torture box. Chamber. Oh. Toy box, yeah. So he's a toy box killer. Mm-hmm. Um, equipped with numerous whips, chains, pulleys, straps, clamps, leg spreader bars, surgical blades, and saws, as well as numerous sex toys. And by numerous, the word they actually used was littered with these. So, I mean, I'm imagining tons and tons. Um, Dildos all over the floor. Exactly. There was also a table mentioned earlier. Wait, 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 wait. This sounds like your bedroom. Honestly. At this point, because after my drag uh, experience, I had... You're just a plethora of dildos. Dildos just everywhere. Dildos that I borrow from... You brush your teeth with it? Yeah, honestly. Get get a little clean. Hold on, I have a thing to have different pictures to show. Show me? Yeah. Where are they? But not yet. Um, So there was also a table that I mentioned earlier, the gynecologist-like table uh, that... Looked like a gynecologist table. With mirrors mounted on the ceilings and walls, so his victims were forced to watch the horrors being inflicted on them. Show picture. Oh, show picture. <laughs> show picture. <laughs> so here's... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so here's one. We see uh, plenty of sex toys and other instruments of torture on the wall. Ooh. And then scrolling down. Not her. That's me. Not her. Look. More of these, like, crazy... I mean, honestly, this looks like Ripcord nowadays. Yeah. Um, what year is this? This is 1999 that they discovered this. But, I mean, like, this sexual... Oh, I love the candelabra. Yeah, this is fucking crazy. Um, is there any other ones? No, that's it. Uh, but, I mean, th- that's all stuff that, like, they found inside the chamber. I think there was, like, the table somewhere in here. Maybe it was part of the video. And I don't have Wi-Fi right now, so I can't play it. Um, you mean Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi. Yeah, Dog freaks out. Yeah. Nope. Um, no, there it is. The table. See that? Yep. The gynecologist table. Like, that's the leg spreaders. Like, all that shit. Look at all that crazy shit. There's a hook here. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's fucked up. There's a lot of fucking shit. Um, so, after I said show pictures... <laughs> uh, he also had a wooden contraption that he would use to bend his victims over so that it would immobilize them so that he, his dogs, and his friends could rape them. Ew. His dogs? His dogs! He would use his dogs to rape these women. How did the dogs even know how to rape a woman? I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't ask further questions. I just was appalled and disgusted, and I did not like it whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> also found on the walls were detailed diagrams showing different methods and techniques to inflict pain, even a homemade electric generator. After pub- publicity came out about the arrest, of vid- arrest and vigil story, another victim came forward named Angelica Montano. Uh, she told a similar story that she had been captured, raped, tortured, and then left out on a desert highway. She was found by police, and she had told them the story, but without any follow-up after that whatsoever. I mean, I feel like if I was captured for days, raped and tortured, and went to a police station, I would hope that someone would be like, 
maybe they're telling the truth. But they were just like, okay, just, you know, kind of jotted it down and said whatever. Um, I don't know. That's crazy to me. Um, other women kidnapped from Raymond's Lounge, which is a bar in the town of Truth or Consequences, came forward as well. The manager at the time was an accomplice, knowing the full well that these women were being kidnapped, taken, beaten, tortured, and murdered uh, in numerous cases. Um, numerous members of the law enforcement were also accomplices. So, I mean, it could have been that the police that uh, Montano first, you know, addressed and said, hey, this is happening. They were like, yeah, we know. And just like turned the other cheek and said whatever because they were part, they were in on it. Who knows? Um, so Ray was also known to use drugs to cause amnesia so that his victims could not remember what had happened to them. One woman remained uncertain that her recollections of the abuse were anything but nightmares until being contacted by the FBI. After questioning, she came to remember the mistreatment and in increasing detail. So she was basically like, I thought that I just kind of dreamed all of this. And then come to find out that it was real the entire time. Uh, so numerous, the bodies of numerous victims were never found because they were allegedly dumped down abandoned mine shafts east of uh, the, the lake at the time, the lake that's down south of Truth or Consequences. If you go east, it's just mountains. So there's all these mine shafts that they would just dump these bodies in. Uh, also, most of the time, the victims were like prostitutes or women from lower income households or like single women and things like that, that people are not searching for or like drug addicts and stuff like that. So it's things that these women are not, um, they don't have any many attachments to society. And so they're just, if they're gone, they're gone and they're just, okay, well, they disappeared. Okay. Mm. That's fine. Um, Cindy Hindi began working with police after this whole situation, after they were arrested because stronger testimonies began to develop. identifying She identified two accomplices, Ray's daughter, Glinda Jesse Ray, and then one of Ray's friends, Dennis Yancey. Uh, so Ooh, those that's are, such a good last name. Dennis Yancey? Yancey. Yancey. Um, so a video of another victim that was originally presumed dead surfaced from 1996. She was identified as Kelly Garrett, a former friend of Jesse Ray's, so the daughter, um, who was discovered to actually be alive living in Colorado at the time. So the story goes as follows. On June 14th of 1996, Kelly Garrett had gotten into a fight with her uh, then-husband. Got into a fight with her then-husband. I, I put a space in there. Her then-husband. Her then-husband. Then, then um, her then-husband and decided to spend the night playing pool at the bar with Jesse. Uh, Jesse then roofied the beer that Garrett was drinking and then attached a dog collar to her and took her to the parking lot where Ray knocked her unconscious and took her to his trailer. My question was, who doesn't notice you putting on a dog collar on someone in the middle of a bar that's not a gay bar <laughs> or a gay kink bar and then taking them out into the parking lot as they're stammering, I assume, and you know moving about awkwardly? I guess the late 80s, early 90s was this is a weird time. Uh, well, <laughs> they watched too much Roseanne, maybe. Roseanne's a freak. Okay. I don't know. I okay. question it when I see it, if we if we see it at like the Eagle. It's like... It's, like whoa, 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 wait. What are you doing? Happening? Are you okay? Are you okay? Do you need help? You, are you accepting this? Is this loud? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so after two days of continual drugging, raping, and torture, Garrett fell in and out of consciousness. Ray noticed that she was still breathing one day and slashed her throat open. 
Mm. Thinking that he had killed her, he drove her down to south, drove her down south to Caballo and dumped her body. Localities of New Mexico podcast. Hey, localities <laughs> of NM podcast. So she was found. Wait, is it? How new is this Mexico? It's really new. It's pretty new. Relatively. Okay. Have you, right. have you heard of the new Mexico? My favorite is there's a town outside of uh, San Antonio, a very small town, called New Berlin. Oh, yeah. It's a whole Berlin? The, there is a old Berlin, and then there's apparently a new Berlin. What? Well. Wow. They must, like, upgrade everything. Yeah, I know. It's just farmland and cows. And more Nazis. Probably. Welcome to shirts, bitch. Yep. <laughs> Here we are. Hi, everyone. Yep, we did please, it. Please don't, don't go there. Don't go to New Berlin. It's actually, probably not a place. It's kind of cute. There's not. I don't know if they uh, actually have a city hall or anything. It's just rolling hills because it's like kind of still part of the hill country, but like kind of not. It's what like, are the redeeming qualities? Do they sell kolaches? Uh, maybe. Maybe it's not good enough, bitch. I don't think they have any like good restaurants. It's canceled. Yeah, probably. It's canceled. I, I'm like trying to think of like what's out. They have there's a lot of historical markers out there. Oh, they had I like, like those. one of the first like black churches out in the area, and it's still still out there. It's like oh, a historical yes. area. Yeah, it's cute. It's on. It's just off of just north of Home Sweet Home Road. That was one of my favorite roads growing up. Mm. Anyways, Thomas does not is not paying attention. I wasn't looking. He doesn't care. Home Sweet Home Road. Nope. Never heard of her. Don't know her? Nope. Keep Never going. Anyways. Um, so, oh, this is my least favorite part. So she was found and treated, not this one. <laughs> she was found and treated for her injuries at the clinic. This part, uh, neither her husband nor police believed her story. Her husband actually believed that she was cheating on him and then filed for divorce. Yep. After she had her throat slit and was tortured and raped for two and a half days. Yep. That's that's the first that's conclusion to come to. Your husband, that that's the first thing. Honestly, it's probably a blessing that yeah. you were divorced yeah. from him. That's if a blessing he didn't in disguise. Believe you, yeah, honestly, get out. She I mean she got to move to Colorado after that, so Wow. Good for her. She's smoking weed now. Man. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyways, <laughs> a determination was made that Ray, David David Parker Ray would be tried in three separate trials. I'm sorry this is so all over the place, but the information came to me like backwards because that's how it was found. Mine's was, all over the place yeah. too. So there was not anything that was just like this, this, and there was no, there was never a timeline because nothing is certain. Um, so this is just like what I've got. Uh, so determination. So this is back to Ray being in jail. That he would be tried in three separate trials. Number one for Cynthia Vigil, number two for Angelica Montano, and number three for Kelly Garrett. Trial number one resulted in a mistrial and then a retrial with a conviction in the retrial on all 12 counts that for which he'd been accused. So like I mentioned, there had been several women who came forward from the Raymond's Lounge that said, yes, this is this is what happened to me as well. Uh, so that's what he was. That's all what he was tried for with Cynthia. Uh, Montano died before trial two could happen. So there was he was not ever convicted. Uh, and then. Uh, the third trial, he agreed to a plea deal and was sentenced in 2001 to 224 years in prison for numerous offenses involved in the abduction and sexual torture of three young women at his Elephant Butte Lake home. 
Ray's daughter, Glenda Jean Jessie Ray, was also tried on charges of kidnapping. She was sentenced to two and a half years in prison with an additional five years to be served in probation. So she was only in jail for two and a half years and then on the clock with the jails for five years after that for helping his her dad murder murder people and torture people women torture women and destroy their lives uh anyways um yep. in 1999 the accomplice dennis roy yancey was convicted of the strangulation murder of Mar- marie parker in elephant butte which ray recorded so ray recorded um, this whole situation, I guess I didn't really write much about this because it was not a timeline, once again, uh, about when this happened. So Dennis Yancey was helping Ray with abducting people, and this he abducted Marie Parker, and Ray recorded the whole situation and said, you need to murder her. And he did on camera. And so he killed Marie Parker. And so then in 2010, Yancey was paroled after 11 years in prison. Uh, but the release was delayed by difficulty in, in negotiating a plan for residence. Three months after his release in 2011, Yancey was charged with a violation of probation. He will be reprimanded to uh, he was reprimanded. No, he will be reprimanded to custody until 2021 to serve the remainder of his, of his original sentence. So he's going to be released in two years after murdering this woman and helping murder other women and kidnap every. Yeah, it's ridiculous to me. Anyways. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in just a second. In 2000, Cindy Hendy, an accomplice who testified against Ray, received a sentence for 36 years for her role in the crimes. She was scheduled to receive parole in 2017. She was released on July 15th of 2019 after serving the two years of her parole in prison. So basically everyone is out of prison or will be out of prison in the next two years except for Ray because he died in prison in 2001. So he was in prison for a solid year before he ended up dying of a heart attack. So we don't know the full story. Wow. In their investigation of David Parker Ray's trailer, over 100 FBI agents and police found evidence of several more killings. However, they didn't ever find any human remains in the trailer at all. Uh, But they did find things including diaries written by Ray where he detailed the murder of at least 50 other women. Um, Despite the evidence, the authorities were unable to create cases from any of those. So he had a detailed diary but didn't write any of the women's names or any details about them. So there's no information about murder and the 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 raping, the torturing, and the murdering. Not sex, the rape. Exactly. So he detailed all of that, but didn't have any details about the women whatsoever. And so there's no clues about what actually happened. So we know that he killed women. We don't know exactly how many or Or any where or when. Exactly. So all we can assume is that these women are lying. Their bodies are destroyed in their in the desert. Or um, because I looked at the Google Maps of this whole area, it's the middle of nowhere between giant mountain ranges in the desert. So, like, these bodies could be anywhere. And they said they dumped the bodies in mine shafts. So I'm assuming, you know... Underground. uh, Way far underground that no one's going to go down into because it's dangerous. Uh, You know, someone else could lose their life trying to find these bodies. And, I mean, so we'll never know. So to wrap up, this case comes at a time before the modern-day hashtag MeToo movement when women are becoming more motivated to tell their stories of inequality and mistreatment. Women, and especially women of color face these inequalities every day. So I'm taking a moment to remind everyone to hashtag believe women and hashtag free Kesha. 
As I have said, if All right, you see, that's the podcast, everyone. <laughs> if you see something, say something and take a stand. Hey, there's a reason why I put free Kesha in there is because it falls in line with the story. Because I mean, it follows a, a, a story of rape and uh, you know accusations. You need to believe women, and so I put it in as a joke, slightly to twist twist you a little bit, but also because it's something that we all need to address and pay attention to. If you see something, say yes, something. exactly. So. That's wow. me. That's my story. Because no, I don't think I've ever really heard that one before. <clears throat> he has never been. Con- he was not convicted of a murder. He was never convicted of any sort of murder. He was convicted of kidnapping and torture. So that's mm. it. So what a bastard! Exactly. So especially his accomplices. He had so many accomplices, yeah. and so many accomplices went free because none of them got their names. Uh, one of his accomplices, he admitted to murdering, but he was once again ne- never charged on that person's murder. So. He was never charged on a murder. So we don't know that he was actually, I mean, we do know, but we don't know that he was actually a killer. So that's what I thought that this one was kind of interesting. Huh. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> New Mexico, you guys are all fucked up. Yeah. Forget Arizona. Or uh, Apple, <laughs> Alabama. Alabama. Um, wow. Wow. Hey. Hey. Did you know that the unemployment rate is... <laughs> Below 4% in the U.S.? Is it because... No, I'm not going to make that joke. Nope. If you're trying to hire someone, then you probably... You know, that, that was your that was what you were going for, right? What? Trying if, to hire? if you're trying to hire someone, oh, then yeah. you knew that already. That's, yeah. that's where I was mm-hmm. going. Yep. Um, Economy Works is here to help. Don't have the time, energy, or resources to hire? Economy nope. Works is ready to help you write job descriptions, find candidates, review resumes, and phone screen candidates. Woo! Let the Economy Works Talent Network help you do more with less. <gasps> Economy works. When we work. The economy Woo! works. Find out more at economyworks.com. That's E-C-O-N-O-M-I-W-O-R-K-S.com. That was powerful. Well, you know. I got a shout out to our sponsor. Shout out to our sponsors. Shout out to our sister podcast. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about gay, gay stuff. stuff. You want to hear about some gay stuff? Get Check out it. Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. I have not caught up on their uh Excuse me, episodes lately? Um, well, it's probably because you're trash, so. Grapefruit bu- bubble verbs. Um, bravo. Um, yeah, it's trash. I just caught up on ours. I've been so behind. I know I'm bad. I'm going to turn this mic off for <laughs> you. So it's just the Spencer podcast now. <laughs> well, this will keep you interested. Oh. Have you heard about the weepy voiced killer? No, you mentioned that you were going to do it. I'm like, ooh, I've not heard of this. I'm into it. Okay. Get so, Get from it, 1980 till 1982, Minneapolis re- residents were being terrorized by a sadistic killer. Wait, Minneapolis wasn't the same one as... Uh, no, that was Indianapolis. That was Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes. This yeah. is Minneapolis-St. Paul. Yeah, okay. Um, this is uh, Minnesota, which, contrary to everybody else, has some very distinct serial killers, just like Wisconsin. Do they? They do. Oh, are we going to do like Minneapolis serial killers? We should do Minneapolis serial killers. Okay, next episode. Let's do it. Um, So this serial killer became known as the weepy voice killer due to the emotional phone calls he would make to the police following his grim murders. So he would murder someone and then call the police? Yep. Ooh, bitch. Picture it. Do you get it? I'm Picture it. I'm here. It's my mind. Golden Girls, yes. Golden Girls? Uh, New Year's Year's Eve, 1980, when the weepy-voiced killer made his first attack. 20-year-old Karen Potak. No, not Karen. No, yeah, Karen. Karen. Now, she 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 could have been out here doing that. Yeah, saying, I need to speak to your manager. Oh, my. That's dark. We don't need to go there. Hurricane Karen cracked me up. 
honestly. Um, a University of Stevens Point student was attending a nightclub with several friends. As the nightclub closed at 1, p- 1 a.m., her friends noticed that Potak was nowhere to be found. She had already left and was walking the short distance back home. As she strolled down the street near, near Pierce Butler Road and Syndicate Avenue in St. Paul, she was ambushed. She was bludgeoned across the head with a tire iron before being left for dead under the winter sky. After the attack, local police received a phone call at approximately 1, or 3 a.m. As his voice cracked with emotion, he directed the police to the crime scene. There's a girl hurt here, he wailed before abruptly hanging up the phone. When police and paramedics arrived on the scene, they were horrified by the brutality of the attacker. The beating was so violent that it exposed Potak's brain. Jesus. Miraculously, she survived the attack. Nuh-uh. But was left without her memory. The next victim would not be so lucky. Wait, I okay, so I have sorry to interrupt. Um, I hate the stories about like people walking home from bars alone because that makes me so sad. That's like that's one of the things like oh I'm just gonna walk to my car like two blocks away or you know walk to my house it's like four blocks away and someone jumps out and kills them or some some shit like that. That's so sad. Like yeah. you thought that you were safe to like make it from point A to point B that, since it was so close and nothing happened. Always tell your friends where you're going. Always take someone with you if that's possible. I mean, in the 80s still. Yeah. Or nowadays, you tell someone you're going home. Yeah. Oh, yeah Everybody's okay. been drinking. They think you've got home. That's true. They're not going to check on you. That's true. Um, I'm going to play a bit of the 911 calls for you. Oh, my God. They have them recorded? Oh, yeah. So I just played one of them for Chris. Um, on the 3rd of June, 1981, a group of teenage boys stumbled across a gruesome scene as they were walking through a wooded area north of Superior and Oneida Street near the, uh, the I-35E. They found a body. The body would be identified as 18-year-old Kimberly Compton from Pepin. She had been stabbed 61 times. Holy shit. Mainly on the chest with an ice pick. Furthermore, she was strangled with a, str- uh, a shoelace. So both of her choice had an ice pick in it. Yep. After her murder, police received another phone call, much... Much similar to the first phone call they received following the first attack. The man on the line declared, God damn, will you find me? I just stabbed somebody with an ice pick. I can't stop myself. I keep killing somebody. Police were successful in tracing the phone call to a payphone at a bar across the street from the bus depot at 9th and St. Peter Street. When they arrived, there was no one there. And I'm going to play the second one for Chris. Uh, two days after the discovery of Compton's body, the nine uh, the men that called 911 once again, he told officers he hadn't meant to kill the girl and he would turn himself in. He didn't. Instead, he called the police and told them, I'll try not to kill anyone else, adding that he couldn't help it and he didn't know why he stabbed her. I'm so upset about it. Despite the fact that the killer had by now left multiple phone calls, the police still had not identified him. <clears throat> On the 21st of July, 1982, 33-year-old Kathleen Greening from St. Paul was scheduled to go on a vacation to Mackinac Island with her best friend, Carol Kellogg. On the morning they were scheduled to leave, Kellogg had planned to drive to Greening's home for breakfast before the duo departed. When Kellogg arrived at her friend's house, she knocked on the front door. When nobody answered, she let herself in. The door was unlocked. She called out for Greening, but there was no reply, so she started to search room to room. She got to the bathroom and noticed that the light was on and the door was partially closed. Kellogg pushed the door open, discovered exactly why her best friend was not replying when she called her name. 
She was dead. Greening's naked body was face up in the water with her head under the tap and her knees bent towards the front of the tub. Initially, police ruled her death as an accident. As a matter of fact, those who didn't buy the accidental drowning theory pointed their finger at Greening's estranged husband. It, wouldn't be year, it would be years until her death would also be attributed to the weeby-voiced killer. Oh, joy. Jesus. Fourth victim would be 40-year-old nurse from the, the Minneapolis side of the river, Barbara Simons. On the 5th of August, 1982, Simons had been in the Hexagon Bar where she met her killer when she offered him a cigarette. Simons told a waitress that he was going to give her a lift home. She was found dead the following morning by a newspaper paper carrier walking along the Mississippi River near 29th Street. The Mississippi she, River goes up that high? Yeah. Jesus. It goes into Canada, doesn't it? I, I think it, it goes does. west. It's like up and over. Minneapolis is up here. Yeah, I thought it like in. goes up. I don't know. I'll have to look at it. <laughs> uh, she'd been stabbed to death. Once again, the killer called police, said, please don't talk. Just listen. I'm sorry I killed that girl. I stabbed her over 40 times. Kimberly Compton was the first one over here in St. Paul. Okay. Technical difficulties. Because I'm a bitch. Um... Let's go back two pages. Let's do it. Uh, the first police, the first person police wanted to speak to in relation to the in relation to the murder was the man that Simons had met at the bar, the man who had supposedly given her a lift. Maybe he knew something about her murder. Maybe he was the murderer. Witnesses were able to provide police with the description. He was described as being around forty years old, six feet tall, and one hundred and eighty-five pounds. Witnesses said that he had a dark complexion and a receding black hairline. As the police were attempting to track, down, track this man down, he attacked his final victim, 19-year-old Denise Williams from Minneapolis, who was working the streets when she was approached by the still unidentified man who asked for her services, and she's a badass. The duo arranged for a price, and Williams hopped in the car. After the man had turned into a dead-end road, Williams knew that something was going wrong and she was in extreme danger. Before she had even had the chance to react, he lunged at her with a screwdriver and stabbed her a total of 15 times. 15 fucking times. 15 times with a screwdriver. I know. Not even something that's sharp. That's not something that's not going to be like easy Hard. to get into your skin, first of all. Second of all, that shit's going to go deep as well. Like, fuck. Yep. Williams successfully reached for a, a glass bottle that was sitting in the footwell and smashed her attacker over the face before fleeing from his car. She undoubtedly saved her own life. When the man returned home to his apartment, he noticed that the wound on his face was quite severe and decided to speak at, seek out medical treatment. When he called the St. Paul Fire Department asking for assistance, the department noticed that the caller had an oral similarity to the so-called weepy-voiced killer. Because I bet it was all over the media at this point. Well, they, they did. They had released it to the media so yeah. people could try to find him. Yeah. Is it, are you still getting noises? Yeah. My phone's not doing anything. There's no notifications. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the man was identified as 37-year-old Paul Michael Stefani, grew up in Austin, Minnesota, and moved to St. Paul in the 60s, where he worked as a hospital janitor and a shipping clerk. He unloaded trucks at a steel mill and a tool company. He later said that he kept losing jobs and blamed the epilepsy he had suffered on his old job. Angry, when he returned to the area around the factory, this was where he saw Karen Potak. When I picked her up, he said, 
She had no jacket, and I thought I'd take her out for a cup of coffee. I just wanted to warm her up, and my mind snapped or something. Stefani was soon apprehended and was charged with attempted second-degree assault. He was found guilty of the murder of Barbara Simons due to the lack of evidence and couldn't be tied to the other murders. We never had quite enough evidence to get him charged, said Lieutenant Joe Corcoran of the St. Paul Police Department. In 1997, however, Stefani confessed to the murders of King Compton after finding out that he had cancer and had less than a year to live. I'd rather go to the grave knowing that all of this is taken care of and off of my chest, Stefani said. To this day, I can't believe it. I wake up in the morning thinking and hoping I'm dreaming all this, but then I say, no, Paul, you're still in jail. I don't know what to do except say I wish I could turn back the clock. He said she had just stepped off a bus in St. Paul and walked to Mickey's Diner, where Stefani was having coffee. We started talking, and I told her I'd show her around town. Stefani said, I thought I'd drive by the river and maybe we'd see the dairy, the Delta, the Delta Queen or have a picnic. But in 15 minutes, she was dead. 15? 15. 15. Oh, I heard 50. 15. 15 minutes. He killed her very quickly. He also confessed to the murders of Barbara Simmons, Simons, Simmons, uh, and Kathy Greening. He was found guilty of the murder of Simmons. He never actually confessed. He he had never ever been, uh, never even been considered considered a suspect in all the death of Greening. He had never he had never made a phone call to police following the murder. Investigators announced that during his confession, he was able to provide details about Greening and her house that only the killer would have known. Moreover, investigators also found the name Paul S. in Greening's address book, which contained his phone number. The year after confession, Stefani died at the Oak Park's Height Maximum Security Prison. It's... Listening to the fucking recordings gave me chills. Honestly, that this this story is fucked up because you can hear this man he's ill he's very ill because like he knows what he did was wrong exactly and after he did it Mm -hmm. during the time he thought that what he was doing was perfectly fine but as soon as it happened he was like oh fuck oh fuck it happened and you know called the police like i don't why can't you capture me why can't you stop me from doing this like obviously schizophrenic or you know multiple personality kind of disorder where it's like an immediate like one personality took over that was, was like, killing what someone. What the fuck did I just do? And then the other person takes over and is like, I'm holding this, this you know, screwdriver ice pick that now murdered this person. Like, why can't you come help me? Like, help me help you kind of thing. And, like, it's a fucked up situation. Yeah. Lord. So he had five victims and only three died? He had five victims and four died. I thought you said the first victim lived. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Five okay. victims, three died. Okay. But she was fucked up. Yeah, I mean, if her brain was exposed. <laughs> I mean, she was on the verge of death and somehow miraculously survived. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like the the one that I talked about, the previous one in this podcast, that if she had her throat slit, he, from what it said, it, it slit her throat for like side three Three quarters of her throat was was slit. So like from her artery all the way across her windpipe. So that's like three quarters of, or I'm sorry, one third of her neck. Uh, her neck was slit. 
and she still miraculously survives. So I mean, it's the same situation that beaten, bloodied, and destroyed that you are able to make it through it. Wow. Yep. And that was the early eighties. Very assume, early. 80s, no, he yeah, died. 83, 82. He, he, he died in the nineties. Wow. Yep. And then was it, did you research anything after for the Williams, how she, you know, what did she, what happened after? I wouldn't like know her like story. I, I read a um, or I saw a like an interview with her. Yeah, and she was a prostitute. Yeah, and she she was like this, sh-, she was like this shit is going bad, so she fucked him up, and she was like Audi. Yeah, Nothing well, because he stabbed that. her fifteen times. Yeah, and she somehow, after fifteen times of being stabbed, took a bottle and smashed him up the head. Like how? How know. the fuck do you do that? A bad bitch. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, I look at the the bad bitch, uh, Cynthia Vigil. She was also a prostitute, and she was strapped into a chair, still strapped into a chair when she was being attacked to get the keys back, and somehow still got a lamp smashed on her head and was able to get her padlocks unscrewed so that she could get out. Prostitutes be bad bitches, they man. They are some bad motherfucking bitches. They are out there saving the world. Keeping the world safe. Yeah, honestly. Killing killing killers. <laughs> Putting them in jail. Honestly. Jeez. <sighs> fucked up. What? Oh. Nothing. I, I thought you looked behind me. <laughs> yeah, me. It's a ghost. <laughs> it's happening. Spoopy. So spoopy. <sighs> wow. That was good. Well. Those are good stories. Those are good stories. They're not as well known as some of them, yeah. I think, but um, still, nonetheless, still fucking crazy. I mean, this, is, this world is so fucked up. I mean, yeah. the fact that this man was able to do these things from the fifties through the nineties, and you know, just do whatever he wants to, and the fact that he went through multiple wives and girlfriend, that I'm sure he did all of these things to, like, he's going to town on this wiener. <laughs> <laughs> He's made a hot spot from the. He got groomed on Tuesday. Oh, did he? Was he? Like, fucking himself up. He's like, I'm. I don't like this. I'm in pain. Ken, Kennedy. No. <laughs> All right. Doggies. Uh. So yeah, this it's just like this went on for that long. It just it. Humans are disgusting people. I don't get it. <laughs> fucked up. So fucked up. Humans are disgusting people. There's Shut up. Only one kind. <laughs> yep. Well, that's our spoopy podcast, everyone. <laughs> Humans for are disgusting. Us. Okay, period. Yeah. Period. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, absolutely. And getting spoopy. Um, getting spoopy and hashtag believe women. Hashtag free kitchen. Um, that's our spoopy podcast at our spoopy mm-hmm. Our spoopy podcast at our spoopy podcast. Wait. Our Spoopy Podcast at Our Spoopy Instagram. What? Our Spoopy Podcast at Instagram.com. Yes. And Our Spoopy at Twitter.com and Our Spoop at Facebook.com. There you go. I'm ready for bed. Yeah. And if you're not ready for bed and you want to email us, go ahead and email us at Our Spoopy Podcast at email. At (laughs) gmail.com. So with that, you know where we're at and we're going to tell you to get Get spoopy spoopy with with it. it.